The following podcast is part of the Underdog Sports Podcast Network. For advertising information or to find more great podcasts, visit us at www.theunderdogsports.com and follow us on Twitter at RealTheUnderdog. We're into week two NFL season. We're picking games against the spread. Brad did very well. You were listening, by the way, to Sean and Brad as usual on the Get Paid Podcast. How you doing, Brad? I'm well, and I did do very well. You if did. I had to toot my own horn here for a second. You hit uh, 12 and a half out of 16 uh, games yeah. in week one. So the half was obviously the push. I think that was the Chargers game. Um, that was a push. We'll talk about the Chargers in a little bit. But yeah, man, you crushed it. The one I missed was, uh, or one of them rather, was the San Fran game, which I think maybe everybody missed. Not me. That was one of the ones I got right. I oh, fin- okay. <clears throat> I finished with a nine and a half, which, you know, I never start the season well. So I'm actually pretty happy with a nine and a half. I, I gain steam and I go crazy, you know, right after about three or week three or week four. So, but man, I mean, you were on fire to open the season. Um, you know, I got the full, uh, you know, Bavada Sportsbook boat of lines, which we're going to be getting into um, in a in a couple minutes here. I will say this: we're going to talk about um, we're going to make the picks for all the games uh, like we did last week. Um, we have a ton of fantasy football content. These podcasts are too long, so we are splitting out the projections into a different podcast, a different episode, which was the case last week as well. Uh, this week, we're going to talk about Carolina versus Tampa Bay at length, um, the Los Angeles Rams versus the Philadelphia Eagles, San Francisco 49ers versus the New York Jets, Kansas City Chiefs versus the Chargers, New England Patriots versus Seattle. I think we'll probably save that for last. Mm. And then uh, New Orleans versus Las Vegas, um, which is Monday Night Football. And we'll make the picks of all the other ones before them. But you were saying, um, you know, before we had some computer issues and we were going through before our recording, you were saying that, uh, you know, kind of a lot of the narratives that we talked about on the podcast ended up coming true, Um, especially Russell Wilson, who we're going to talk about next week against Atlanta, dude, 31 to 35, four touchdowns. And I'm telling you, 31 to 35 doesn't even do it justice. I mean, he was in control from jump. Watch it. What I was most impressed by, uh, you know what, I'll I'll save that analysis for the the, um, segment, Seattle versus New England, since we're going to dive in. Um... You know, we can save the Brady stuff for that Carolina segment. I'm looking at some sure. of these ones. Dallas, to me, I don't know if you caught the Sunday night game, Brad. I did watch every freaking game. I t- I'm so tired. I'm tired, and I'm literally I'm already tired of watching football because I just crammed yeah. it all in. Didn't I will get say a- this. I had the Dallas game on, yeah. uh, but at that point, I became footballed out. Like, I, <laughs> I couldn't stay into it, you know? Yeah. I've been watching for about nine straight hours, watching, you know, the post-game shows, the pre-game shows. Yeah. Maybe it was even 10 straight hours, right? <clears throat> so mm. I had it on. I wasn't really dialed in, and then I went to sleep in the fourth quarter. So shame on me. You know what I what I always like to do um, and I couldn't, it, I mean, it was, it was literally a job <clears throat> this weekend, which I hate making football into a job, but that's what it was. I had to watch all the games because we didn't get a preseason. So you need, I mean, you just, I just need to watch the stuff for everything I do. Um, usually I fade out in the first quarter of the afternoon games <laughs> and take yeah. a little snoozer yeah. and then kind of pop up ready to go. But that didn't happen. Um, the games, is, 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 sorry to interrupt. Yeah. Is, is there any team less exciting than Dallas? Good God, man! It's, I think you're. I think you're just. It's the it's McCarthy fatigue. I think you're just used to it. I think if you're Dallas, there's a lot to. I think there's a lot of good to take away. But when you watch them and you and you look at them operate and play, they just like there's no punch, man. And we're all just fooled by the star on the helmet and the the 
billionaire owner. There is nothing to that team. You know, and again, I think you're I think you're just used to it and you're so bored with what McCarthy does. So I think you're kind of just bored by it because He's so you're so predictable. And uh, but I think if you're a Cowboys fan, I think there's I think there's a lot to be optimistic about. Like of all the games, I don't disagree. Yeah. I don't disagree, but when I watch them, it's like, all right, where's the special? Like, where's the yeah. – even Dak, who I like Dak, and I think he's very likable because he seems like a good man, and he's, like, grounded and sturdy. Yeah. But, well, where where's the special coming from him, and when have we ever seen that? Yeah, I hear you. I, 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 I – no arguments there. We see there. special, Sean. We see special weekly, man. You yeah. you see that guy out in Baltimore throw the ball. Yeah. You watch these plays he makes, and it's it's insanity. It's so unique. And we could go down the line, Kansas City, even even in Houston, you got ballers. Yeah, and, man. Mm-hmm. I don't know, man. Yeah, it's, it's, this, it's lacking. It's the fantasy football realm, and, and Prescott will put up great stats in this offense. And we're going to hear, you know, he's probably going to be franchised for a second year, although that salary cap's dropping by like 20, 20 to forty million somewhere. So I don't even know that Dallas can fit Dak in um, in a in a franchise situation. I really don't. And I think the Cowboys are interesting because they signed Amari Cooper like a year ago or something like that. The other two receivers there, the young ones, Gallup and and um, CD Lamb, to me are the ones. Like I think Dallas is going to have to cut Amari Cooper, but I don't think they mm. can based on how recent his contract is. So that's interesting. But I'm looking through like the games of Week One, um, you know, from our notes from last week, and there were there were there were games where both teams were sharp. And there were games where both teams were rusty, and then there were some games within between. The Rams versus the Cowboys, I thought both of those teams looked like, okay, this is week one, this is what they should look like. Like, both of those teams were ready to play. Um, The Rams, you and I both felt that the Rams were just a little bit better than Dallas, and that's what ended up happening. Um, You know, although there was a controversial call and all that stuff, but that's what ended up happening. You know, the Rams fixed their offensive line issues. That's great for them. Uh, But I look at a game like... um, Philadelphia versus Washington was ugly football. Ugly yeah. football. That yeah. was a tough one to watch. Chargers versus Cincinnati, ugly football. Um, you know, Arizona versus San Francisco. San Francisco didn't have any wide receivers. Arizona came out more sharp. San Francisco, that's kind of something we talked about. Is Are they going to come out flat coming off the Super Bowl, no preseason, blah, blah, blah. Well, to your credit, you mentioned that. I, I thought they were going to roll. I actually picked San Francisco in my suicide pool, so I am out week one, I think, for the second year in a row. <laughs> uh, I'm getting worse. Maybe last year I made it to two or three, but I'm done. Yeah, Minnesota came so out. So to you, you called it. Yeah, yeah, Arizona, yeah, I got that Minnesota one right. Feather in my cap. Yeah. You did. You know that. You know that. Um, Minnesota, I thought, came out flat. Credit Green Bay's defense, which did fantastic and bottled up Dalvin Cook, which is what you got to do. But bottom line is, like, there were teams teams that have tough, had tough draws. Houston, I don't think, played por- poorly on Thursday night. They just came up against the freaking Chiefs, and sure, that's it. Sure. I mean, it's the freaking you know, Chiefs, to, you know? To that point, Tampa, in their first outing with a new quarterback, new head coach, new system, etc., they go into New Orleans. And yeah. so they didn't look great, and the sky's falling all of a sudden, and I think they're going to be just fine. They'll be fine. Um, you know, what I said on the Fantasy Football Almanac show is, you know, the, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, what they knew coming into the season 
was that they had a quarterback that wasn't going to throw a bunch of interceptions. Well, what happened? Tom Brady threw that pick six, and that was really yeah. the difference in the game was the pick yeah. six because other, everything yeah. else is pretty even. You can't give an offense like New Orleans free points on defense. Well, um, they had the pick six, right? So that's that's mm-hmm. seven points, obviously. Then right. they had the blocked field goal. Yeah. So that's ten points. Um, and then they had that muffed kick return. I don't know if you caught that. I didn't. I didn't. I was watching the game, but I didn't. I don't recall that one. It was kind of genius. So on the touchdown score from New Orleans, I'll try to explain this mm-hmm. the best I can. There was a 15-yard penalty. So what New Orleans chose to do <laughs> I remember was this, yeah. use it on the kickoff, which meant they were 15 yards closer to Tampa. Yeah. So they did this high kick. And this Tampa, little pooch kickoff. This little yeah. pooch deal. And Tampa freaked out and turned it over because of it. Yeah. And then they gave up three points there. So – in essence, that was 13 points in one direction that shouldn't have been there. Yeah. Yeah, so, and, and you look at this, and last night, uh, that watching the Monday night, the late Monday night game was pretty pretty brutal in and of itself. Um, what was that like? I was asleep by 9 o'clock. It was, it was 16 to 14 Tennessee. Um, that was actually a game that one of the games you missed, I missed too. But frankly, I mean, Guskowski who's the new kicker in Tennessee, signed like a week ago or two weeks ago or something. Goskowski missed three field goals and an extra point. Uh-huh, uh-huh. And, and Tennessee barely held on to win. They didn't cover the spread, which was two and a half, because Goskowski just completely, completely melted down. Completely <laughs> melted down. Ends up hitting a chip wow. shot to win the game, but could not. I mean, it was... It was something else watching that meltdown on, meltdown on TV. First kick he missed, he was smiling like a effing goober which you know you have money on the game so i don't like that i don't like that second kick he missed second kick he missed he's like he's like laughing like he's you know he's just thinking about the post game um you know uh party in the locker room (laughs) third kick he missed he's like okay here's a problem here and then he missed the extra point the field goal slamming tees down and getting all huffy puffy ends up kicking the field goal to win a lot of good that does us because we missed the pick thanks to goskowski um, you know, that was a game that went exactly how I thought it would go. Carolina, Las Vegas, that's a game how I thought it would go, which is a higher scoring close game that uh, the, the, the Raiders won. I mean, there's a lot that we pretty much kind of hit on the head, and then there was some rust. But let's just go into some rapid fire. Let's talk about, real quick, the Bavada spread and all that stuff. Um, games that we're not going to go into in length. And let's just do the quick picks here. Um, and... Uh, you know what? Screw that. Let's pull an audible right now, and let's just talk about the first game on the list uh, because cool. we already touched on Carolina and Tampa Bay. So let me set the stage for you. Um, the line, by the way, Brad, is Carolina, according to Bavada, the Carolina Panthers, plus nine um, against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Mm. And, um, you know, it's a big line, and given what we saw in Tampa Bay, we, we talked about this, right? I'm not worried about Tampa Bay. Uh, they'll be just fine. But what it looked like to me and I think probably everybody else was, it looked like a quarterback who wasn't on the same page with his receivers the entire right. game. Right, right. Um, Evans was on the field, not a factor. Godwin got yeah. some passes. That first drive, they looked yeah. good, right? You saw that first drive like yeah. I did, and you're probably thinking, hmm. Here we go. You know, here yeah. we go. And then nothing. So, you know, the, yeah. first, the first drive was scripted. They were comfortable with it. Couldn't get anything going really the rest of the game. Gronk, that surprised me how much Gronk was off the field for O.J. Howard. And I think that's going to change. You're talking about like receiver, you know, chemistry. I got to think that's going to change in week two. Yeah, me too. 
I don't, you know, Howard will be a factor, don't get me wrong, but but Brady, what Brady's really aching for, he doesn't have Julian Edelman running option routes and both reading the defense. Julian Edelman, next quarterback, right? He doesn't have that. He doesn't have or didn't last week, Gronkowski, hey, I'm just going to toss it up to Gronk. You know, I'm in a tough spot. Let me, just, let me just throw it to Gronk. I know he'll come down with it in double coverage. We didn't get that. So I think there, I think Gronk needs to be on the field while Brady acclimates. And um, I still think Fournette is going to be the, the better running back in Tampa Bay, but Jones looked fine. But this is this is all about Brady um, and, and chemistry with the wide receivers. Would you agree? Uh, yes, it is. And it's... It's going to take a little bit to, to work in gel. There's one thing we know about the NFL. It's not the NBA. You can't just acquire right. better talent, and that means you're better, right? I mean, dude, the weapons Cleveland has at wide receivers doesn't mean anything yet because right. it hasn't clicked really right. for whatever reason. Uh, I know the reason, but I'll, I'll leave that out there for now. <laughs> right? Yeah, right. Uh, it, it's going to take a little bit, and and I think that's it. And it'll probably take. It'll probably happen quicker than we think. But for now, it's got to be figured out. Which leads me to my um, my pick of that game. I think Carolina covers that easy. I'm not saying they win, but I think nine is is a tremendous line. Yeah, and this line actually opened at ten, so it's already been bet down. I think you know the betters, yeah. the early money is is going with us there too, and I, I'm taking Carolina too. And let me talk about Carolina for a little bit. You know, Teddy Bridgewater. I watched that game, and you know, you could see the back and forth. And the way I watch, you know, this Brad very well because you've seen me do it many times, um, and we will again very soon. We actually have people working on the Thunderdome 2.0, so Beautiful. hopefully we'll get that uh, that basement and the three TV setup going. But. I had to set up. I always watch games one at a time. I don't flip around. I don't like watching red zone. I want to watch the games because I need to see how the defensive line and the offensive line plays. That's the key to me. I want to see how how well the defense and the offensive line, um, you know, for each team is right. And so right off the bat, you know, Baltimore, their defensive line and offensive line is awesome. So they're going to be better, and they got a quarterback. Um, Pittsburgh, same thing. Um, New Orleans, everybody knows about this offense. Their defensive line's nasty. You can't run the ball on them, right? Mm. So there are these teams. So that's kind of the first thing I look for, and I need to watch the game. When I'm looking at Carolina, I see the scores coming through. Vegas gets up. They're up by two scores, and Carolina closes the gap. And I see it. I'm thinking, okay, well, Carolina, they're kicking a lot of field goals here, but they're not really punching it in what's going on. I finally watched the game last night. Uh, part of the reason I'm on my second cup of coffee. I'm so freaking tired. Dude, like, this this offense in Carolina, you can see what they're doing. We've been talking about all offseason, and I would say it's a confirmation. They're going to look a lot like the Arizona Cardinals, who I mm-hmm. like quite a bit. I like watching it. I like the brand of football. They're throwing short routes. The offensive line is protecting the quarterback because they're throwing short routes. They're not trying to push the ball downfield. They're taking what the defense gives them. Christian McCaffrey's running very well. They didn't involve him in the passing game until they had to, and when Mm. they had to, they did involve him. So I think this Carolina Panthers offense is going to get better, Um, and I would actually say based on what I saw last week, I think the Carolina offense has melded better in the offseason. I think they're more they're playing with more maturity. Tampa Bay obviously has the higher ceiling. Right now, I think Carolina's offense is just a little bit better. Now, let's talk about Tampa's defense, man. They they were actually pretty impressive to me. Yeah, yeah. Well, they got a lot of ballers over there. They do. I mean, they, they did a decent look. New Orleans, man, I don't know what it is, but I think people forget how good New Orleans yeah, is. I agree. You know, for whatever reason, maybe it's just because of what's going on in, in KC. Um, and Baltimore, 
But New Orleans has been lights out for years now, and that's not going to change. So they did do a decent job against mm -hmm. them. They did. And Last the, year. The thing about New Orleans, man, they put in that Taysom Hill guy, and it's like, well, what are they going to do? And, and it seems like every time that guy touches the ball, it's like a 20-yard game. It's yeah. really phenomenal. It is, and you know what's interesting is they were they were using him to try to throw deep a little bit, which is a little bit more. We saw it a little bit in the playoffs last year, but it's another layer of that development there, which I like. Um, it, it adds some intrigue. Tampa Bay's pass defense for me was the big question. Their run defense was already set. Bowles in his, I believe it's his second year. Um, I believe so. The second year, you know, him running the defense and all that. Um, look, Tampa Bay is going to be good. I, th I still think Tampa Bay is a double-digit win team. What I think is going to end up happening is Tampa Bay is going to take these next two to three games to really, you know, really get things moving and that chemistry with the offense and all that stuff. You could see Brady was frustrated. Yeah. Um, but that's not going to happen all season long, man. Like, I I'm not worried for Tampa Bay, but nine points is a big line, especially for a team that can score points. Um, and Tampa Bay, they might be able to bottle up McCaffrey, but this is a better, more efficient passing offense in Carolina than last year. And Teddy Bridgewater, I mean, you know, he might make me look like an idiot for saying this, but uh, against Tampa Bay, but he takes care of the ball. He took care of the ball, you know, with New Orleans last year. He can play. And he was a little bit more mobile than I thought he would be, you know. I know he had that injury a long time ago, so I was curious. Like, it was it was good. So, yeah, both of us are on Carolina there. I completely agree. Um Rockobot, by the way, uh, the pick engine, you beat Rockobot last week. Uh, yes. Rockobot was 11, you hit 12.5, I hit 9.5. So Rockobot's ahead of me. Rockobot takes Tampa Bay. Um, but Rockobot's not really good until week three, uh, although he, he did beat me last week. So what does that tell you? Uh, let's move it on here, man. We got the Los Angeles Rams versus the Philadelphia Eagles. Um, let's see here. Quickly, just to let you kind of simmer on this, we have the Los Angeles Rams, according to Bavada, are minus 1.5 against the Eagles as of this moment. Um, this line has already been bet separately. The Rams opened up, I believe, as, as underdogs. Uh, now they're the favorites. Uh, you know, we talked a little bit at the top of the show about the Rams and the Cowboys. I thought that was higher quality football. The big thing here for me is that the Rams' offensive line looked better, and they were able to run the ball against the Cowboys, who I think have an actually okay defensive front. Sure. Philadelphia opened a game 17-0 to zero against Washington and then completely laid what an egg. What was that, man? What was that? Wentz played terrible. <sighs> he did. He did. He did. He, didn't he take a, a, a terrible sack late to put him on a field goal range? Just something it's, that you do he not He played bad, do. dude. He looked rusty. Yeah. And and again, I'm not selling on on Wentz. We both like Wentz. Um but Philadelphia, so maybe this rust is is just a part of it because yeah. the the weird is the the weird is year and there's no preseason and you can't be in contact with others. You know, it just you'd like to think that sooner or later they're all going to shake that off. It's it's the weirdest thing watching this Eagles offense and they they're still banged up at wide receiver. Deshaun Jackson, who we thought would have a nice game week one, he's the healthiest he's going to be all year. It's a revenge game. Complete non-factor. Um, you have basically a two tight end offense. It's Ertz and Goddard, and they can't f they can't find somebody to produce. Like I like Greg Ward just fine. I think Rager will be just fine at wide receiver. But I think the biggest thing was that the defense, I don't know, ran out of gas. To uh, and and you know the offense, the intercept, you know th there were turnovers or missed opportunities, so the offense didn't put the defense in a great position to succeed in that second half. It was just a weird thing to watch because Dwayne Haskins might be the worst quarterback in football. 
And, you know, I've been saying, like, I'm not a big buyer on him. I think he's too raw. Um, A lot of these raw quarterbacks that we've seen in the past excel, like, you know, Josh Allen and Lamar Jackson, they're better runners than Haskins is. I just don't – I just don't. Don't see any talent on the Washington team in Philadelphia. They good, they, don't they have good players on their D line? That's about it. Washington they got a couple guys, yes. Oh, Washington's they got a defense, dude. They're they're legit, and, and not yeah. only that, but they're really well coached. Jack Del Rio and Ron Rivera. Um, I mean, they're going to be a top ten defense. But okay. to me, it's like Philadelphia got up seventeen points. That's probably all you should need against Washington. I know, I know. And they Especially blew it. The caliber of team, yeah, and they blew it. Twenty-seven, seventeen. One man. of the surprises of the day. I just, I could not believe it. And, you know, credit Washington, credit where credit's due. I mean, Washington's been awful defensively, um, you know, for, for years. And the, and the coaching and the, the, the addition on, and their, their defensive line talent is legit. But, man, I just can't figure out how Philadelphia blew that game, dude. I mean, it was it was Wentz, really. It was Wentz to me. It was Wentz, yeah. And, you know, Very Miles surprising. Sanders. Think about, you know, Miles Sanders, Alshon Jeffrey, Deshaun Jackson's a non-factor, Jalen Rager, you know, their, their skill player who everybody's excited about. That was his first NFL game. Um, you're really, it's two tight ends. And, and we saw this from Philadelphia last season. And, and they eked it out and they made the playoffs. But week one, initial impressions is that Dallas looked more mature right now than Philadelphia does. And the yeah. losses that Philadelphia had in personnel, and they had some injuries, and they still are dealing with injuries. Philadelphia is—it's going to take a while. And I say the same thing about the Minnesota Vikings. It's going to take a while for them to gel with what they're doing. They will do it, but right now where they are, I don't like where they're at in the first quarter of the season. The Rams—I like what I saw. Um, Goff didn't have to throw the ball, which is exactly what you want. You know, you yeah. want a team that can run the ball and punch it in. You know, from the one-yard line with a running back. And, uh, you know, Goff is at his best when he only has to throw the ball 25 to 30 times a game because the run game's going. Getting back to something you just said, I actually think Minnesota is in trouble. I I, I think losing Diggs was a really big deal for them and a little bit understated in my opinion. Uh, You know what? And the addition of Diggs to Buffalo, Mm. they looked a lot better offensively. Oh, Um, yeah. That firepower. I've been underselling that. Um, we've been on opposite sides of that, but I'm closer to where you're at. Um, you know, BC Johnson just isn't there um, where Diggs was. And yeah. you could see Cousins was just basically throwing the ball over and over again to Thielen. Um, this offense did not look great. The Vikings offense didn't look great against. Right. Uh, they, they scored late touchdowns. Late touchdowns. Green Bay got into this prevent like kind of thing, right? Prevent deal where the only goal is to keep the players in front of you, but. It doesn't really make sense if you're giving up 25 yards in a clip, you know? Feeling went nuts in the fourth quarter. Yeah, but when the game was actually, like, being Being contested, being played, they had nothing. They had nothing. Yeah. And Philadelphia, it was like the the complete opposite of the game to start off last season. Washington went up big, and then Philadelphia came back and won the game easily. It was the the opposite. You know, the Rams getting back to them, uh, you know— Normally, I could count on Philadelphia's run defense. I don't think I can count on them just yet. Although they played, you know, the Washington, uh, you know, team just fine in terms of you know run. But the Rams are better than Washington is up front and uh, with the running backs and skilled players. Rams minus one and a half. Um, you're not really getting a true home field advantage in, in today's right. NFL because everything. I'm just Sean. Throw- can I ask you about that? Yeah. So typically with fans, right? If you're at home, you automatically get three points, right? 
Yeah, generally. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Generally. Okay. So how do they treat that now? Are they still giving teams these three points or is it more like a half or one point? You know, I tr- truly, I don't know. Um, but to I'd see, I'd be curious to know that. I, I, I think, I think they're adjusting on the fly. Um, to see the Rams open up as underdogs, and now they're already one and a half point favorites. I mean, you, you would see the line shift between Monday and Tuesday, maybe a half point. To see it shift like two or three points, I think, I think everybody's adjusting because I, I think what's happening is the betters. Uh, you know, the professional gamblers and stuff, they're getting in on the action when they see uh-huh. the mismatch. And so they see it. I think they're seeing what I'm talking about is the Rams look like the better team. Philadelphia is not going to get the juice from the home crowd. So you're basically on neutral field um, for at least the first month of the season. Um, even teams that are putting fans in the stands, it's still limited occupancy. So right, right. I think I think the Vegas, you know, um, you know, the Bavadas of the world and all that stuff, I think they're opening the line like they usually would, but I think they're adjusting very quickly because I saw some lines like shift by like two or three points already from Monday to Tuesday. Wow. I mean, that's, that's wild. You don't, you yeah. don't usually see that kind of shift. It usually takes a full week for that to happen. So anyway, um, with the game, I'm taking the Rams. What do you think? I'm going to take the Rams as well. Yep. All right. So we're two for two in terms of agreement here. Let's move it on. Um, I don't think we'll talk too long about this one. The San Francisco 49ers, uh, versus the New York Jets. Bavada has that line at minus seven. Um, so San Francisco minus seven on the road, quote unquote, against Can the I New say York something Jets. real quick, Please. Sean? I'm sorry. I want to retract my, my one, the, the bet I just made. Oh, yeah. Philadelphia. Yeah. Take Philadelphia. Philly. Yep. I think Wentz has a beautiful day. All right. That's fine. Yep. I'm still on the Rams. Yep. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. So Philadelphia, I'm sorry, uh, San Francisco minus seven. Against the Jets, look, San Francisco, their entire receiving core was out. Garoppolo didn't look sharp. Um, you know, he had some open receivers that he didn't hit. It didn't hurt San Francisco actually too bad because they were able to score on some of the red zone stuff, but he didn't look sharp to me. It's hard to look sharp when you're playing with your fifth, sixth, and seventh wide receivers, though. I mean, just stuff Absolutely. wasn't clicking downfield. You know, when that happens, when the receivers are out, what do teams do? They're like, okay, we're just going to double cover uh, Kittle. You know, the the biggest beast on the field, we're going to double cover him, maybe even triple cover him, because the receivers, we can play him man-to-man. And that's what was going on. Arizona matched up. They won. They earned it. San Francisco can still run the ball. I'm curious to see if San Francisco is going to split out Jarek McKinnon um, just to get some juice uh, in a receiving game, kind of like what we saw with the Chargers last year with Eckler playing a lot of receiver. I feel like San Francisco right now with their skill uh, positions, you know, being so banged up, we'll see if Ayuk, you know, comes out and plays and all that stuff. But McKinnon and Mostert are the, are the weapons there. Kittle is just being bottled up because everybody's covering him because there's sure. no threat. Right, right. Jets offense looks awful. Yeah. They're awful. playing a, a 49ers defense who it played just fine. I mean, it's Kyler Murray and the Arizona Cardinals. Like, give them some respect, man. They, I need to say this, man. I watched those highlights from Arizona. I didn't get a chance to see the game. But, wow, Kyler Murray. Yeah. I watched the see, game. See, that's special. That is something else, that It guy. is special. That is yeah. special. The only knock on him is he's a little short, and I'm not worried about that anymore. I was worried about that last well, me year. Me neither. Yeah. I think I well, – yeah, we were in the same boat there. Can this guy do it at, you know – at his limited height like man does he get after it it's really amazing he's 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 like quick i don't know how straight line fast he is he's quick um he looks like a faster version slightly shorter version of russell wilson um young russell wilson in his career deandre hopkins he's got thrown to if you're in a pinch you could always hoist it up to uh you know to to hopkins look san francisco had had a day man man against against a really good san francisco you know secondary awesome yeah i it just 
San Francisco, there's a reason they lost the game. Um, give a lot of credit to the Cardinals, who right now, based on the division winner, actually at top of the, uh, the that tough NFC West, you know, with the you know the tiebreaker basically winning the division game. That's but, fun. I like that. Yeah, man. Like Arizona, they're a good team. The defense has played a lot better. Um, but again, San Francisco not having wide receivers. We we're just talking about Philadelphia not having wide receivers. And uh, maybe if San Francisco had a, another really strong tight end, like Philly has two tight ends, maybe they could have eked that game out. But when teams can just bracket, and uh, I'm sure the Jets will try to do this as well, Kittle, um, you know, it, it, it's, it didn't shock me that San Francisco lost the game. I thought they would win a close one. I picked Arizona in the spread. But this one, I just don't see what the Jets do against San Francisco offensively to put up points. And I got to think... I'm not a hater on the Jets' defense, but I got to think Shanahan, man, is going to figure out some stuff personnel-wise, figure out maybe gadget plays if they have to use them until the receivers get healthy. I got to think San Francisco can win this game by two scores. Yeah, me too. Me too. I'm with you there for sure, yeah. Yeah, so I'll take San San Fran. You got San Fran. Uh, You know, they have basically San Francisco right now has the Jets and the Giants, which I think is probably what the doctor ordered for them. The Giants are going to be a little bit of a work in progress early in the year. The 49ers are settling, and I think they'll be 2-1 and one after these next two weeks. But, uh, you know, respect to Arizona. Like, I'm not, I'm, I'm not worried about San Francisco. I'd like to see Garoppolo play a little bit sharper. I'm not worried about that. There were a lot of quarterbacks. We were just talking about Tom Brady that didn't open up the season sharp. It'll be fine. It'll be fine. All right, let's talk about the next game here. We have the Kansas City Chiefs versus the L.A. Chargers. Uh, the Los Angeles Chargers are underdogs in this game. Bavada has Kansas City minus 9. Mm. minus nine against the Chargers. And uh, let me just open up by saying this. The Chargers had the biggest gimme of the NFL season to open up the year against Cincinnati, a team that was starting a rookie quarterback who had never seen even a glimpse of NFL scrimmage, you know, against another team, never had, um, you know, preseason games to acclimate. We've never seen a more green quarterback take an NFL start than we stole. And the Chargers' defense is good. This was the slam dunk gimme of the week, and the Chargers still blew it against the spread. One of the ones that we both missed, and you missed very little this week. The Chargers really ticked me off this week. They're playing a game like Tarod Taylor is like Aaron Rodgers from 2014. Uh, uh Absolutely ridiculous. They have Austin Eckler, um, you know, Justin Jackson went out. They had Joshua Kelly. The two best players on the roster were, were the running backs. What did we see last year? Eckler playing a lot of slot receiver. Um, you know, he's the guy to kind of separate. They don't have a receiver that could separate. All they were doing was chucking the ball to Mike Williams, which, you know, with very limited uh, returns at least last week. And they weren't including Eckler out of the backfield. Not, not a screen pass, I don't think, was designed mm-hmm. for him the entire game. You're playing a, a Bengals team that will not move the ball. All right. you have to do is get a couple first down and kick some field goals. And they were not throwing screen passes. It was driving me crazy. Well, Absolutely I'm not trying crazy. to defend them, but is this not their first game with uh, Tarot Taylor? A new quarter? Yeah, right? And, and, and also the rust factor. So wouldn't, no that, wouldn't that lead you to believe that they would throw some screen passes to settle him in? I mean, there's <laughs> – I just – I could not believe it. You know, if and and it's the same offense as last year. It's not like they. It's not like you know. It's the Carolina Panthers, and you're bringing in new coaching staff and all that right, stuff. It's just right, like right. you know what you have, guys. What are you doing? Yeah, I, I'm not a fan of this coaching staff. I've been saying it for years. You know, Lynn is a great defensive coach. They have a solid defense, but this dude wants to win every game ten to nine. I, 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 
it, you know, this is a team that has no creativity offensively. I think the wheels are going to come. We've been saying this too, yeah. but I think the wheels are coming off um, because I think their offense is going to be bad. And yeah. I think Herbert is going to be starting there, their rookie quarterback. I think he's going to be starting by week four because they can't move the ball. Now they have to play Kansas City? Are you kidding yeah. me? Yeah. Man. Oof. In Kansas City. Uh, they got oh. no problems. Oh, my gosh. They got no problems. We talked about the defense. You know, the defense had the new coordinator last year, opened up the season in 2019. You know, um, you know they, they were they were just trying to take some time to, to kind of coalesce. By the time they hit the playoffs, this defense is playing like top quality football. They have one of the better defenses in the league, and they have the best offense I've seen in at least a decade, yeah. maybe in my life. Yeah, maybe, maybe, maybe the NFL's best offense ever. When you look yeah. at the quarterback, the play calling from Andy Reid. Now you have Edwards Hilaire, who looked fantastic. At running back, what was the thing they didn't have last year was a consistent running game. Edwards Alaire looked fantastic. Sean, what what offense in in history of NFL comes to mind when you think of a, a team that could rival them? There were three that come to my mind. One was the New England Patriots. Oh, I, mean, uh-huh. I, I should say four: the New England Patriots, the the nineteen and one season or whatever the eighteen and one, whatever it was, yeah. uh, when they had Randy Moss and Wes Welker, they could do okay. no wrong. That's one of them. Um, the the Colts offense that lost to the Saints in that Super Bowl year with Peyton Manning executing that offense, that was another one. Yeah. Um, I don't even put – I loved watching those Green Bay Packers when Aaron Rodgers was just, like, brilliant. I wouldn't put them on this caliber. Um, okay. The greatest show on turf, Rams. That's um, the one that came to my mind. That was the first one. And then there was a Minnesota also with, with Randy Moss, and I think they had Robert Smith in the 90s. Cole Pepper. Culpepper, and it yeah. might have even, yeah, Culpepper. It was Culpepper and Moss. Um, gosh, they might yeah, have had Cunningham for a year. Running back. That 15 and 1 season. Actually, I think that was Randall Cunningham that season. Um, okay. That, their 15 and 1 year where they lost to the, to the Falcons in the NFC Championship game. And then before that, that's really before our time, but I would say it was probably, you know, those 49ers, Bill Walsh offenses, which we sure, know sure. based on highlights, but that's not really our, our thing. But, you know, it's really that Patriots and that, that Colts, those two te- those two teams specifically, and we're seeing multiple seasons of this. Exactly, exactly. They it's almost so a different good. story because that Patriots team, that they only really had that one year yeah. of complete dominance and mm-hmm. lights out, right? Yep. And this is, I mean, is this year three of Casey's? Yeah. Show. It's yeah. a dynastic offense. It's it's incredible. It's incredible. It's incredible. They don't have a it's, single yeah. weakness. No, they don't. Even their kicker is like one of the best kickers in the league. I mean, they don't have a single weakness. They're stacked. They're a team that if they're healthy and if they feel like it, they could go undefeated. I haven't said that since the Patriots, really. Yeah, and that's a, that's a good point. If they feel like it, right? And I don't like think it, they will. It, I mean, maybe right, because they got right. the Super Bowl. Like the Patriots, when they went, it's like, what else can we do? Let's try to go undefeated. Like, I think, you know, and the, and the, the Chiefs, hell, they could lose uh, week three. They play Baltimore. Um, so I mean, true. yeah, they could lose that game. They, they, I mean, there are games that they can lose, but it's very slim. Uh, this looks like a fourteen and two team to me, though. Um, assuming Mahomes stays healthy, if Mahomes gets hurt, they're still probably a ten and six team. <laughs> I don't even know who their backup is anymore. But I don't either. Yeah, dude. Uh, anyway, uh, Kansas City minus nine against the Chargers. I don't see any chance that this Chargers offense 
can really score points against it. Look, we know we were talking about the Kansas City offense. This defense is really good, man. Who are you taking? Kansas City, for sure. <laughs> Kansas City. I'll Kansas take City. Kansas City. I'll take I would take Kansas City minus 14 in this one, honestly. I mean, I took Kansas City last week against Houston, and the line was what, nine and a half. Yeah, and you convinced me to change my pick, and then thankfully you did because we got that right. It's just you can't do anything to stop this offense. And so the only way teams can cover a spread is if they have the offensive firepower to catch up. Very few teams. New Orleans, uh, Baltimore. I think Pittsburgh will be there, although they, they opened the game a little rusty, but they'll get there, I think. Very few teams can can put up points as rapidly as the Chiefs can. Yeah. yeah. So I anytime last year the, the Packers played them with a backup quarterback, and it was still. It was Because <laughs> yeah. you still have Andy Reid. It's like yeah. New England, who we'll talk about in a bit. New England's, they're in every game because of Bill Belichick. Kansas City's in every game because of Andy Reid. Just fantastic. Sorry, Chargers. It's going to be a tough road, tough road for you. You'll lose yeah. this game. Uh, let's move it on. we got the New England Patriots versus the Seattle Seahawks. Bovada hmm. has the line at New England plus. The rare plus for New England. Plus four. That's a tough line, isn't it? Not for me. No? Okay, well, no. save your pick. Let's just talk about Why don't you lead off and talk about Russell okay. Wilson? All right. You know what? Russell Wilson is fantastic. We predicted it. He's lights out, okay? But I'd like to shift over, if you don't mind, and talk sure. about New England, okay? So everybody's talking about how New England's new offense is this running um, run-pass. What do they call it? Run-pass RPO, pass I guess. Run-pass option, yeah. Yes, exactly. And that's what they're going to look like. I'm sorry. Have we not seen Bill Belichick? He is going to do whatever is necessary to win. Yeah. It would not surprise me if all of a sudden he threw 40 times this week and they won by 20. <laughs> they're going to do whatever it takes. Once you think they're this run pass option yeah. team, they're going to throw it over your head. Yeah. I watched, this, I watched this game, New England, right? Um, and I, I, everybody was curious to see how Cam Newton would look, which, by the way, he looked fantastic in this offense. And I actually think... Surprise, surprise. Uh, yeah, right. Surprise, surprise. <laughs> I didn't think the New England Patriots offense could get much worse than we saw. Um, now, obviously, you can be m worse as a team, but I'm saying the Patriots, I didn't think they could get much worse. Their floor is much higher than, than a lot of teams' ceiling, um, just based on coaching and personnel yes, and right. intelligence and tactics and all that. Uh, my big question was New England. They lost a ton of pieces in defense to like leadership pieces in defense to free agency and then COVID opt outs. The defense, I know they're playing Miami, but Miami could not. I mean, every snap, the defensive line was in the backfield. Look, I know Miami is not the best team in the world, but when every snap your defensive line is in the backfield, this is still the NFL. That's impressive. They could not get anything going. Miami had to go to shotgun to open up any kind of room, and it was just lights out from the get go. Their defense played well. Seattle's not Miami, and True. Russell Wilson is not Absolutely. Ryan Fitzpatrick. Absolutely. Absolutely. I'm like, if there's, if there's a quarterback, there's very few. If there's a quarterback that could really put a wrench into the tactics of Bill Belichick, you got Patrick Mahomes, you yeah. have Lamar Jackson. Fair enough. And you have Russell Wilson. I think those are if, the three quarterbacks yes. that can really, really neutralize the brilliance of Bill Belichick. Let me let me let me say this right back to you. If there's one head coach that can put a wrench into the brilliance <laughs> of Russell Wilson, yeah. it's that guy. He's yeah. smarter than you. He is. He is smarter than you are. And I don't look for Russell Wilson to have the same type of day. 
I actually think he has quite an average day. You think so? Well, his version of average. His his version of average his is version, still very good. Yes. Look, yeah. average for Russell Wilson. Not necessarily yes. average for the NFL. He, he's, he's still going to throw for three and run for 50. Yeah, right. Right. Know? Exactly. Exactly. Oh. Right. And so, like, uh, then I start to look, and this is – you're right. I mean, the the, the two kind of neutralize each other. Um, you know, Bill Belichick and I think Russell Wilson is, is going to help that. I think New England is going to do well against a Seattle running game. You know Seattle's going to want to run the ball. New England's defensive line will do well. Um I think those will be relatively neutralized. I think we'll see like three and a half yards per carry. Um, so it's not bad enough to where they can't do it, but not good enough to where they really want to do it. Um, DK Metcalf, I think he's going to be locked down this week. Um, I think really it's going to be Russell Wilson throwing a lot to Greg Olson um, and tight end. I think Greg Olson's going to have a huge day just because you know New England's not going to let Lockett go over the top, and they're going to try to do their best to you know probably double. Uh, double cover, lock it over the top, and then put like Gilmore on Metcalf. And so passing is going to be tough. So then I look defensively. What can Cam Newton do that Tom Brady can't do? If it's third and four, Brady's taking the pass and he's looking for Gronk back in the day or he's looking for Edelman on a on a, a wide receiver option. Cam can do anything. Cam can do whatever the hell Cam wants to do. Yes, exactly. And, exactly. you know, we saw it on the goal line, them running basically him to the left. They had designed power runs for Cam. Look, look, Cam's not as good as Tom Brady, right? And he right. can do more things, mm-hmm. yep. right? They can do a lot of things with that guy. I th- And the running game is better. Remember, we said that in this podcast, um, you know, New England lost, I think, three offensive linemen the last week of preseason. That took a while to shake out. They couldn't really run the ball with effectiveness. They ran, and they will be able to run. And having a mobile quarterback helps the run game, and it helps the passing game. What I also liked in watching that game is Cam Newton. I mean, he really looked like kind of that 2015 Cam Newton, where he's like, I'm going to out-physical you, which is always yeah. a concern, you know, especially as you're getting older. He's a big dude, but he's getting older. That's always a concern. But he can run. And he's looking to throw the ball downfield. New England's offense will be better, man. They can run the ball, and they're going to— I think Seattle's in trouble. You think they're in trouble? Yes, I do. I think they're in trouble. I think they're going to lose. So you're taking the points. You're taking New England and the points. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's my pick of the week right there. Upset special, money in the bank, whatever you want to call it. I'm putting my I'm putting my integrity on that <laughs> Your one. integrity, which is worth a lot. Like, I don't have I don't, much I don't No, have. your integrity, Brad. Don't do it. <laughs> don't do yeah, it. My, my large amount of integrity. Oh, my gosh. Everybody. <laughs> my life with you just broke the internet man everybody's everybody's calling in the lines are on fire don't do it brad your integrity my integrity which is like a fart in the wind (laughs) the only reason i keep you in my life is to feel better about myself your integrity (laughs) and if i said reputation it'd be the same thing (laughs) reputation reputation ill repute brad my <laughs> everything, everything's on the line. You're going Jim everything's Fossil. Everything's on the line with that one. Jim Fossil. It's all in. All your chips are in the center all of the table. All I have in this world that is That integrity. Integrity. <laughs> Mark my words. Seattle's in trouble. Um, what's one of my rules, man? Never bet against New England when they're underdogs. Just don't do it. Bill Belichick covers those things 90% of the time. There it is. Bot likes, uh, you know, my computer picks here. If if you're new to the channel and the show and all that, Bot likes uh, New England. Um, uh, I like, 
I liked Seattle a lot more, but like um, like Kansas City last week, you talked me into it. I'm gonna take I'm gonna take New England to cover. I don't like this game being more than a field goal. New England getting four, I'll take New England. I'm scratching it out. Brad's integrity's on the line. Gonna take New England. All right, last game of the uh, of the long talks here. Uh, New Orleans, uh, the New Orleans Saints versus the Las Vegas Raiders. Bavada has that line at New Orleans minus six. Um, you know, I don't need to talk a long time about this. Vegas showed me about what I thought Vegas would show me, which I like them. Um, people are down on them. I'm, I'm a Vegas. I like Vegas because they play consistent football. They stick to the run. They're going to be patient. Josh Jacobs is awesome. He's the perfect Gruden running back. Um, I like that. Ruggs flashed. I like what he showed. Um, I think he's going to really burst out this year statistically. Um, so I like that. Carr was fine. Um, Darren Waller gets a lot of targets, doesn't get a lot of red zone chances and opportunities. Although for the for the Raiders to be in the game this week, they're going to have to be very creative in third down and goal line situations because they need that goal line. Uh, they need to they need to score every time they get inside the twenty period to, for yeah, this to right. be a game. Um, Raiders. I think the defense has improved. I'm not surprised that Carolina put up points just based on the offense there. But if Carolina puts up thirty. You know, you're talking about efficient offenses, ball control offenses, quarterbacks that can throw with precision. What are we going to get with New Orleans, man? I mean, tough matchup for the for the Vegas Raiders. This very, week. very tough matchup. Unfortunate week two matchup for them. I, I think New, New Orleans is a powerhouse, man. Yeah. I think they take it. I really do. Yeah, I mean, Breeze, I, I, I actually thought Breeze looked rusty to start like the first two quarters of the game. And, and Brady really kind of gave, we talked about this already, Brady gave, and New Orleans, credit New Orleans defense, man, they can always stop the run. People forget that. New Orleans, it, they're like almost impossible to run against. They're really good. And then the defensive backs, they're a little streaky, but they showed up against Tampa Bay. Um, are they going to show up against Vegas? I could see this being like kind of a mental breakdown for New Orleans in terms of, you know. Could be. You know, like the, 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 those defensive backs show up when they're playing top quality receivers, and they shut those top quality receivers down. But you know, when they're when they don't show up, you know, when they feel like they're they're better, I feel like sometimes they don't show up. So I could see like Vegas having a couple downfield opportunities, a couple broken coverages. I think the game will be a little bit closer than people think. But here's how I see it: Vegas. What does Vegas want to do, man? They want to run. Um. What does New Orleans do defensively better than almost every <laughs> right, team in the league? Right, right. They stop the run. Stop so, the run. So for me, it's the unstoppable force, the immovable object. I think those two things cancel each other out. So then can Derek Carr beat some people downfield enough to, to keep this game close? I, I think that the, the Raiders will score more than people think they will. I think it'll be a closer game. But New Orleans, look, the Raiders' defense is improving, but this is New Orleans, man. They're, sure. I would say Seattle looked like the best team in the conference to me last week. Um, but New Orleans opened up the season as my NFC favorites. And I would say that them and the Seahawks are co-favorites. And then, uh, But I'm not going to say New Orleans isn't any worse or is any sure. worse than, um, than Seattle. I just don't see this game being within a touchdown. I think yes, this is probably a 10-point game. Um and when this game gets out, like when New Orleans gets up 10 points and the Raiders can't run the ball with Jacobs anymore because at the end of the game they have to pass, I think New Orleans will step up. So I think it's, I think it's a 10-point game. I think it's closer than people think. Probably people are thinking like slam dunk blowout. I don't see it that way. But New Orleans, man, their offense is too good and their defense matches up really well with what the Raiders want to do, which right. is run the ball. So I'll, I'll say New Orleans by 10. I'll take New Orleans to cover the spread. You run New Orleans too, right? Yep. You got it. All right, let's do some rapid fire, buddy. 
Um, you know, let's see. So all lines coming from, uh, once again, all lines coming from Bavada. Uh, let's see. Cincinnati plus six against Cleveland Thursday night football. Who you got? Mm, I just want to take Cincinnati to be a brat about Cleveland. You know how much I like to hate on them. Mayfield missing throws, man. Um, yeah. I'm really curious to see if Stefanski's going to stick to Chubb. Um, and mm-hmm. run the ball with him. That's how since that's how Cleveland's going to be winning games this year. And I and Stefanski knows that the game with Baltimore got out of hand. They th- start throwing Hunt in sure, there with sure. um, um, with some packages, you know, some passing packages and all that. I think it'd be closer. But Burrow started to settle in and play better at mm-hmm. the end of the game. So that's good. That's really good yeah. for the Bengals. Uh, next game we have Atlanta, according to Bavada, plus seven against the Cowboys. Oh, Atlanta for sure. Plus seven. Yeah, that man. offense What's scores, that? man. The offense. What is that? That's a big line. That's a beaut. That's a beaut, man. Atlanta can score against anybody, even if they lose the game. They can still score points. You're giving Julio Jones and Matt Ryan and Calvin Ridley. And, that surprises me. Yeah, that's a, that's a, that's too big of a line. Um, I think Dallas should be favored, honestly, but not by seven with that right, offense. Right. No way. Agreed. Agreed. Um, okay, Buffalo. By two. Yeah, I know, right? Yes, yeah. yeah. Within a, that should be within a field goal. That line, yeah, for uh, sure. Um, Buffalo, according to Bobata, minus five and a half against the Miami Dolphins. Oh, that's a really tough one for me to pick, man. So I'm, I'm just gonna go with Buffalo. They showed a lot more. They're better. I think Buffalo, Buffalo left actually their offense left some stuff on the field. Um, yeah. They could have, they could have put up fifty, I think, on the Jets. Um, Josh Allen's still maturing, but he has improved. That's what we were looking for, right? Buffalo has improved offensively. This could be this year's version of the the Baltimore Ravens. They could be a twelve and four team. Um, yeah. Um, yeah. New England's better than I thought they would be um, on film, so it's going to be a two horse race in the East um, again this season, like it was last year. All right, let's see here. We got uh, Denver plus six and a half versus Pittsburgh. Um, I think it's Pittsburgh's first home game with Big Ben. Am I right? That's correct. I think I think Pittsburgh rolls. I agree, and and de- re- real respect to Denver's defense, which played phenomenally. But Pittsburgh's on another level at this point. Um, ben Roethlisberger came out a little cold, settled in, and then it was cruise control after that. Yeah, he did. Uh, next game, we have Detroit plus five and a half versus Green Bay Packers. I know it's going to sound like I'm being a fanboy, and I probably am. I'll admit it, but I got to take Green Bay there. I'm going to take Detroit, <clears throat> assuming Kenny Galladay's back. If Galladay isn't back, I'll take um, Packers. Now, Packers are going to win the game, I think, no problem. The Packers have a tough time with they what's do. his name there. Matt with Stafford. Stafford and, yeah. They never beat the crap out of Stafford, no matter how how bad the Lions are. That, yeah, so that's, I, that's the divisional tactic. Yeah, I mean, it, it, yeah. it's it's a field goal you. game. Green Bay's way better, but it's a field goal game. So I'll take the, I'll take the points yeah. there if Galladay plays. That's the important bit. Minnesota plus three against the Colts. Oh, Whew. Colts, baby. Yeah, I, I watched the game. I could not figure out, <clears throat> looking at the stat sheet and all that stuff, I could not figure out how the Colts lost that game to the Jaguars. And um, I watched the game, and the Colts could do basically whatever they want offensively. Rivers threw like a bad interception. They had like um, they had a, a miss where Rivers could have hit a tight end for an easy touchdown, and then they ended yeah. up you know turning the ball over on di- downs. That was the game. Indianapolis offensively is further ahead than Minnesota. I did yeah. write down Minnesota initially because they're getting points. Um, 
But Minnesota's defense, it's going to take weeks. We said this before. It's going to take a couple weeks for them to settle in. I think Indianapolis outplays them. I think they win this game, um, even though they blew that game against Jacksonville. That's a bad loss for, for yeah. Indianapolis. Uh, let's see. New York Giants are plus six. That's a big line. Plus six against the Chicago Bears. Mm, I'm going to go Bears. Yeah, man. I wrote, you know, I'm going to take the points. I'll go with the Giants. You know, the Bears, Trubisky kind of went nuts in the fourth quarter. Trubisky can be streaky. The Giants' defense actually played okay to start the game, but Pittsburgh, man, they're good, you know? Yeah, I I don't see much from from the Giants. I really don't. I don't think they know how to use Saquon. I I think they're way below average and just kind of, I look for them to struggle all year. I'm going to stay away from this one. Um, Rocco Bot likes Chicago. Six points, man. That's such a big spread. I'll, I'll take the Giants. Uh, I don't feel good about it. I'm not putting money on it. That's for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, next game on the list, we got Washington plus seven against the Arizona Cardinals. Mm. You know what? I'm going to stay with Arizona. Here we go, baby. Come on. Show me something. I don't see how Washington's offense... Um, Washington needs to be bailed out with turnovers, which this defense yeah. can manufacture. I, I, I think the Cardinals are for real this year. I'm, I'm going to take Arizona, man. Arizona to start mm-hmm. the season 2-0, and which is fun. Real fun. That is really fun. Uh, last game that we have, because we talked about the other ones, Baltimore minus 7 against the Houston Texans. Baltimore. I'm with you, dude. Baltimore. That guy back there, man, is he incredible. He is incredible. God, like, he's incredible. Deshaun Watson's no slouch, but Baltimore's defense Look. is really good. Deshaun Watson is a good player, right? He's better than Dak. I think he's oh, yeah. better than Kirk Cousins. Mm-hmm. I think he's a really awesome player. But it's like Deshaun Watson is over here, and then it's it's Lamar Jackson and Patrick McCombs, and they're just different. Yeah. They're just so much better. Mm-hmm. I don't think he's in that category. I think that, I think it's closer than that. I I, I would put like I, I Watson's a winner. It's just that Baltimore, the construct of Baltimore, they're just so I damn know. good. I they're mean, there's so not strong. a weakness. They're, right. I mean, it's Baltimore, and I think Kansas City's still a cut above Baltimore, but it's like I have Kansas they City, do. and then I have like Baltimore, Seattle, New Orleans yeah, in some order. Right, 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 right. And but Houston is not that. Houston's not Houston that. Houston is not Seattle, New Orleans, Baltimore. That's not that. And I thought Houston they're played more Minnesota. Right, yeah, and maybe, maybe, yeah, yeah. I take that. Yeah. I take that. Maybe the Rams at that level yes. at this point, yes. which is good. I mean, that's They're playoff Dallas. caliber. Right. That's Super they Bowl caliber. They can make the playoffs for sure. Dude, like, they're just, they're so I don't know. Good, it, the they're so good. It just turns into one of those things where if you bet against them, you're kind of trying to be too cute and I'll <laughs> yeah. think it, right? Especially if you get a line like seven. I mean, look, if the line's 13 and a half, then maybe you have an argument, but... Seven, dude, for that team, that's not a lot of points. There were a couple teams that that matched up and they played teams that were playing good football. Like the Browns in the first half, I don't think they were playing awful football, though Mayfield could have kept that game closer. But you just see, you know, a quarter, okay, three points, you're up here. Now you're up by six points. Now you're up by 13 points. By the end of the game, it's a 20-point victory. And that's just what Baltimore does. And that's like Kansas City. Kansas City, sometimes, they don't, you know, it takes them a drive or two to score, and then they put up 40. I mean, it's just these two teams are phenomenal. And Lamar Jackson, I have to say, what you've been saying all season is, can they push the ball downfield? Is he going to develop that downfield touch? 
He looked pretty good, dude. He looked pretty good. He's not all he the looked, way there. Yeah. He's not right, all but the he way. he looked pretty comfortable. Pretty comfortable. And comfortable and capable. Yeah, and uh, I think he's going to put in the work. I think Baltimore's going to be a fantastic team, better at the end of the season even than they are now. They're just going to be season-long threats. I, Yeah, I, I mean, it's Houston. Houston, you have to open the season against Kansas City I know. I know. and Baltimore. Baltimore. I know, I know. Possibly two of the top two, definitely Look, two, if, to, two of the top four teams in the league. For sure, for sure. If, if they could manage to split those, they'd be okay, but— but they won't. They won't. And so, and so they'll be zero and two if they could manage, for their sake, to conceptualize what they had to face the first two toughest weeks of the year. Yeah. Then they could get through it and find themselves three and two in 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 a month, right? Yeah. And I love that this line isn't seven and a half either. So it's an easy line Me to too. push. You Me know? too. Yes. Yeah. I just Baltimore. I dude, we're gonna get Baltimore versus Kansas City in week three. Ooh. Oh man. That is going to be a game. I hope that's on my. I, I don't know when Monday night, Sunday night. It's got to be right. That's got to be national. It'd be nice. Well, they flex the Sundays still, don't they? Yeah, but that they, they don't flex until like week eight, I think. I, I believe. I'm not 100 oh, percent okay. sure, but like when the playoff chase right. isn't thick. But yeah, man, full full week of games, dude. Let's see if Brad, you can keep it going. You're always awesome to start the season. I should just let you make the picks for the first four weeks, and then you know and start doing the consensus shut stuff halfway through. <laughs> Yeah, after, yeah. After, after your integrity is coming. With my integrity, take my integrity and hit it. <laughs> integrity. <laughs> integrity Farms. Shit. All right, man. All right, hey, everybody, go out. Um, Brad did phenomenal. I, I feel pretty good about the picks this week. Go out and make some bets get paid. You want to get paid? Then get paid. Sean and Brad help you with the games. From the fantasy to the gambling. We the NFL experts help you win. You better tune in for the two hosts. They know everything from the players to the coaches. So get paid on a Sunday. Because the team right here know the game the most. From Chi-Town to the Florida coast. Got swag. Got butter with the toast. Brad's a washed up model. Don't hate on that. Sean writes the fantasy football almanac. So quit that losing time to win. We talk fantasy or real. Whatever you win. You're going to wish this podcast never ends. Now get ready for the best show to begin. Let's go.